Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. My name is Zach, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. We are on the far east side of Atlanta, about uh, 45 minutes to an hour outside of the city, out towards Athens. The name of the church is Calvary 316. Yes, it's called Calvary 316 partly because John 316, for God's love the world that he gave his only begotten son, gave that son on Calvary. So yeah, there's that end of it. Truth, we're located on Highway 316, uh, which connects uh, Athens to Highway 85, which dumps down into Atlanta. And so, yes, it's a little bit of a clever play on words, but regardless, if you'd like to learn more about the church, (laughs) check out our website, uh, calvary316.tv dot org dot com dot net we own them all uh check us out if you're local come visit us one sunday our service is at 10 30 uh, with all that being said i do hope that you stay with me over the next hour or so as we seek to deconstruct the negative perceptions that the world has of christians by doing something that isn't often done and that's talking about relevant topics in a very genuine and honest relevant way um, a lot of times we have a lot of variety with the show uh, from interviews, and man, we've had some doozies recently uh, with Pastor Joe Foch, uh, with the, the oh man, the interview with Aaron Stoffel and the one with Seth Watt. I mean, we've got some great interviews. Go back to the podcast, check them out, uh, listen to them. So aside, we do some interviews. Uh, I'll do some one-man monologues on a specific like spiritual topic. Uh, I did one about a month ago. Uh, titled Carlos Danger, talking about uh, how the church should handle uh, people who have sinned in our tent, and that compassion has kind of gone out of style, and that as Christians, we need to spend more time uh, showing compassion to the downtrodden, the brokenhearted, uh, those in the dumps, uh, then calling them out and um, and airing their dirty laundry for all to see. So, uh, and in some aspects of this show, a lot, a lot of variety, interviews, uh, spiritual topics, very sp- spiritual, won't say teaching uh, or Bible study-ish, but you, you get the idea. Uh, we do a, what we call it, a 751-mile conversation. Uh, Josh Brown, uh, who is the CEO, the owner, uh, El Capitan of his productions. Um, he's our, our producer here for the show. Uh, Josh and I have a 751-mile conversation. It's the distance between my house and his, my studio and his. And uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff. And we've had great feedback. Uh, we really weren't sure how how those episodes, we've done four of them now, we weren't sure how they were going to come across to the audience, but uh, we've gotten great feedback. You guys have, have found the conversation and the dialogues refreshing. Um, from time to time, we kind of, we kind of break uh, from all formats and we do a Q&A. Uh, we've been blessed to have David Guzik, uh, who is a Bible scholar. Um, who is a theologian. Uh, David's website is EnduringWord.com. His full Bible commentary is on there. If you have a full Bible commentary, uh, that makes you a theologian. I I know he hates being called a theologian, um, but if you have a full Bible commentary available online, uh, you've kind of earned the title. I know he'll never call himself that, but I will call him a theologian because that is what David Guzik is. Uh, aside from that, he's also a historian. Once again, another title he hates being uh, referred to with. Um, but <laughs> if you've taught in a Bible college and you've given a series of lectures called the Whiteboard Sessions, taking the audience through all of church history, I think that would call you a historian. If you've taught a college class dealing with church history, I, I will call you a historian. I think that's an apt title, though he hates it. So we, we were honored to have David uh, on the show periodically uh, to do a, a Q&A, fielding your questions, presenting them to David, um, and then getting his answers. Uh, we did the first one a couple weeks ago. Just blessed by it. We've gotten great feedback from it. And uh, David kind of threw a little curveball by asking me some questions, uh, which I wasn't exactly prepared for. But um, we're excited to see how that segment is going to also grow and develop uh, over the months to come. Um, I do want to get back to um, kind of the core, though, of, of the Outlaw Radio Show. And, and, it's, and it's buried in the intro. Um, taking relevant topics, today's topics, take the things that people are dealing with, grappling with, and discussing them. Um, th- that is uh, not to mean that you're going to agree uh, with everything that I say. As a matter of fact, I, I hope you don't. Uh, this show is not designed to be monolithic. Uh, it's not designed to be 
Um, like, like we're not here to just kind of repeat safe norms. Uh, we want to talk about real things uh, because there are real issues that we're all dealing with and we're all working through and topics that we're all struggling uh, with living in, whether you want to call it a postmodern culture, a nihilistic culture, a secular culture. Um, as Christians, as the church, our calling, our mission, our purpose, our focus, uh, Christians get a bad rap especially Christian radio, for avoiding controversy. And, you know, I think that that is one of the least Christ-like things we can do because if you study Jesus' life and his ministry and you go back and you look at his teachings, Jesus never shied away from speaking truth. He did it in love, but Jesus didn't shy away from controversy. Jesus was controversial, and that's okay. Um, it's okay to speak to the culture in a way that might ruffle feathers, uh, even feathers within the church. Um, I think, honestly, um, just the, the entire concept of the Outlaw Radio Show is is meant to to kind of poke the eye of the legalist, of the Christian legalist, uh, who we adamantly disagree with. I, I've mentioned this before. I'll, I'll say it again. Uh, one of the things that really changed my life uh, was uh, two years ago, I taught through Galatians. At Calvary 316, we titled this series Outlaw Church, really e- examining what life outside of the law. Jesus, uh, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. That, that life in Christ is outside of the burdens of this, the, the regulations of the law, uh, things for us to obey, that the law has been written onto our hearts, and that, and that this series was exploring what does it look like as a Christian, as a church, to be an outlaw, and it was through that series, I'm telling you, man, that Jesus reformed my heart, changed me. I won't say that I got resaved. I don't think that's that's such a thing. But but the work of God in my life was strong and palpable, and it really changed the trajectory of our church, and 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 what we wanted to be, and the type of community that we wanted to be. Uh, we want to be a grace place, even if that means that it's messy. I love what Pastor Chuck always said. Pastor Chuck, who who started Calvary Chapel, he said, "If you're gonna err." As a pastor, as a parent, as a spouse, as a boss or an employee, if you're going to make a mistake, err on the side of grace. And, and I think those are true words. They were true words when Pastor Chuck spoke them, and they're true words today. And so the, the whole idea of the, of the outlaw radio, gr- grace is messy. Being an outlaw, it's, it's unconventional. You don't fit inside a box, and Jesus didn't design us to be that way. We were to be something different, holy, separated outlaw radio and to a degree we want to get into topics that cut against the grain but that are relevant that you the audience find interesting um part of that is to speak to things that i find interesting um trust me if 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 i am not interested in the subject matter of what i'm discussing then i highly doubt you'll be all that interested. Um, I, back in Bible college, a, a gentleman by the name of Gail Irwin, uh, who's a dear friend, wonderful Bible teacher, um, the Jesus style is his mantra, his thing. Um, but he, he, I'll never forget, he made this comment that your audience will always reflect 80% of your energy. Um, and so if you're, if you're only 80% enthused, uh, and I'm going to mess up the math here, but but the, the audience, they'll never be where you are. They'll always be 20% less than. And so if you're at 80%, they'll be at 60%. If you're at 100%, they'll be at 80%, meaning you've got to be at 120% for your audience to be really engaged and enthused. And, and the truth is that the, the most compelling, I think, radio or any speaking is when the audience is, is, is picking up on the vibe and the interest and the excitement of the actual speaker. So for me, a lot of the show is speaking on things that I find relevant, things that I'm dealing with, things that I'm facing. Uh, I'm 35 years old. Uh, I have a beautiful wife. Um, I outpunted my coverage, Jessica, the light of my life. Uh, I have two little boys. Quincy is six. Theodore is three. Um, our life is a whirlwind. Um, I'm pastoring a local church. It's not a very large church. It's a small church, a growing church. I'm the only employee of the church. It's a complicated thing. I oversee a nonprofit organization that that, that facilitates release time Bible classes uh, in a local county. Um, 
South Gwinnett High School, my alma mater. I oversee and facilitate a Bible class where students during the school day get released from class. They go over and they're taught the Bible and they get credit for it. Um, I'm doing that to make ends meet. I pick up graphic design jobs on the side. I don't make I don't make anything from Outlaw Radio. We spend more. We don't make anything. This is our ministry. It's part of our church ministry. My point, though, is to let you know that that I'm I'm not in a perch. I'm in the world. I'm with you. Uh, I'm dealing with financial struggles. I, I do the finances of the church and and, and deal with Are we going to make it month to month? Well, I need to take a pay cut. In a sense, I'm running a small business, like many of you are, dealing with things. I'm excited to announce that we're expecting our our third child. December 5th of this year, we'll welcome another little one into the world. Six-year-old, three-year-old, and now an infant. That's on the horizon. But I'm immediately, like my immediate reaction was, oh, thank goodness, at least I know we have health insurance this year. Yeah, Jess, good job. You're going to get this baby in in 2018. I know we have insurance because I don't know I don't know what's going to happen. I'm on Obamacare. Small business, only employee. The only way I could get insurance was through the marketplace. That has totally blown apart. I'm with you. A lot of you are in the same boat. I don't I don't know where the healthcare is going to be next year. I'm paying a lot of money out of pocket to just provide coverage for my for my small family. A little one coming. Thank goodness, Jess, you're going to get that baby in this calendar year. At least that'll that'll give us a good tax return for next year. I process things like you. And I know that's how you process life. We are very excited, though. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. Very excited about having another child. Quincy is my firstborn, and Theo is my backup plan. Theodore. I really am hoping uh, that the next child, uh, that the Lord will bless us with a little girl. I really hope so. That being said, uh, if we have another little boy, uh, I just all I ask the Lord is for a healthy child, uh, knowing that that child was known by the Lord before the foundations of the world is fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, all I ask is is a healthy child. But I, but I see uh, I see other dads uh, and their experiences with their little girls, and uh, oh man, it's a whole. It's, it seems to me uh, to be a whole different context of fatherhood. Uh, that I've never experienced, and and I want to. That's that's part of uh, part of my desire for having a little girl. Uh, not to mention, I see you know I have a relationship with my two boys that really revolves around wrestling, <laughs> uh, sports, running around outside, wrestling, um, and Star Wars. That's kind of our our nook. Um, <laughs> me and Quincy and Theo, and uh, and that's great. I mean, that's that's the role that a dad should have with his boys, um, doing life. Uh, rolling around in the dirt, um, having fun, getting sprayed off in the hose, uh, laying sod in the front yard. Those type of things um, are exciting. I have a context, a relationship, father, son. Uh, It's great. I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. But I look at the way that my wife interacts with her boys. It's totally different. Being a mom to boys is totally different than being a dad to boys. And in much the same way, I would love to experience that that different context of, of, of having a daughter, but it's in the Lord's hands. Uh, please keep us in prayer. We, we've, we've had this, and I'm just sharing, we've had this back and forth. We had a miscarriage, uh, and then we had Quincy, and then, and then between Quincy and Theodore, we had what's called a molar pregnancy, um, which was crazy, developed into a whole thing. Um, and then we had Theodore, um, and so we've gone through the first couple of appointments. We're excited. Everything's healthy, heartbeat. We don't know the gender yet. But if you would, if you would keep my wife in your prayers and my little one, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, I, I do in this episode. I, I've got a whole list of topics of things that I want to discuss, really kind of all over the map. Um, but I want to begin by talking a little bit about how. So we had this idea that Christians are in the world, duh, obviously, but we're not called to be of the world. That. You, ha- you have to be in the darkness to be light or to be salt. But, but there's this really interesting dynamic of, of, of the balance between the two. So don't go anywhere. When we come back, I'm going to pick up that topic uh, more on the Outlaw Radio Show. Hi, my name is David Guzik, and I'm a friend of Zach and the entire team at Outlaw Radio. One of the things I like most about Outlaw Radio is Zach's desire to challenge Christians to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on their own. 
The sad reality is too many Christians don't know what they believe, yet alone why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to Outlaw Radio tackling the tough topics you might not hear at church on Sundays, their desire is to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this process, Zach wanted me to let you all know of two free resources essential for any serious Bible student. Aside from my full Bible commentary available at EnduringWord.com, the resources you can access at BlueLetterBible.org will truly transform the way you study the Bible. Aside from their treasure trove of free commentaries, BlueLetterBible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it easy to dive into the original languages behind a biblical text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of Scripture, check out EnduringWord.com as well as BlueLetterBible.org. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. This is my show. You're listening. You're the audience. Thank you so much uh, for staying with us. Um, there would be no show without an audience. And so we're, we're really just pleased with uh, the way the show has grown and the number of stations that are now uh, airing the Outlaw Radio Show, uh, as well as just the energy that we, that we see on our podcast. Uh, I do want to mention that as it pertains to the podcast, it's available on both uh, iTunes as well as Google Play. Uh, you can go to those platforms. You can search uh, my name, Zach Adams, or Outlaw Radio. Uh, look for our logo. You'll find us. Um, everything we've ever done uh, is posted um, on uh, the podcast. All of the episodes, we actually have a two-minute uh, devotional. All of those, all 50 episodes of those are posted. Uh, we have uh, our sermon at Calvary 316 gets edited down. A lot of stations carry it. It's 30 minutes. Uh, it's also on the podcast if you're interested in listening. And then everything we've done with the show itself um, is um, is posted on uh, on the podcast. Uh, this episode, uh, if you're listening it in the car or on the radio, um, on Monday, it will be posted on the podcast. And so if you missed the first block or you're not able to listen to the whole show, that's okay. Uh, go and check out the podcast. The easiest way to get to it would just be to go to the website. Uh, our website is outlawradio.org. Once again, outlawradio.org. And, uh, and then there's some quick links uh, so that you can you can find the podcast, subscribe to it. If you don't know what a podcast is, and I don't want to make that that assumption, um, the easiest way I can frame it is that instead of you having to go and and, and download the audio, uh, going to a website to download it, uh, the audio c comes to you. Uh, and so if you subscribe to a podcast, let's say on your iPhone, um, every time we post a new audio file, a new show, um, it automatically downloads to your phone or it sends you a notification that you can download it. Um, and so as opposed to you going to a website or having to, to, to keep up with all these different shows that you're listening to, uh, a podcast is just a platform where the data goes to you. We send it to you. And so you can subscribe to it that way. Uh, very cool stuff. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I listen to a lot uh, of different podcasts. Um, this has been an interesting year for me. Um, and this kind of picks up on the topic that, that we kind of left things off with in the last block. And it, and, it, and it boils down to the idea of being in the world, but not being of the world. And I want to I break that down and then, and then the balance between the two. Um, and I want to kind of articulate a little bit of some of my background and then just where it leads me to today. I grew up in, um, in the church, a Christian home, a pastor's home. Um, and um, all the way from kindergarten uh, through um, my ninth grade year of high school, um, I went to private Christian school. Uh, I didn't go to public school, went to private Christian school. And then my 10th and 11th and 12th grade years of high school, I went to a public high school, as did the rest of my siblings at that point. We all transitioned from private school to public school. And then I went to the Calvary Chapel Bible College, so I went to kind of what you would call private Christian school. Um, and then, and then, in all honesty, um, I immediately worked at a church. I, I came back. The Lord opened a door. I started working for my dad. I was a youth pastor. So uh, a lot of my, my time and my energy and my effort was working with Christians. Christians. A lot of my world as a pastor revolves around Christians. 
Uh, not to say that that's a bad thing. That's my calling. I, I, I'm a pastor teacher. Um, I'm not gifted to be an evangelist. I appreciate those that are. I think that's a unique gifting. Um, you know, I love opening the scriptures. I love feeding the sheep. I love teaching, um, expounding the word, encouraging people where they're at, exhorting them to grow. Uh, part of the teaching process is evangelism. And when the Lord uh, opens those doors, I have no problems with it. I enjoy apologetics. I enjoy having those conversations. Uh, I, I love engaging, uh, but I don't have a lot of opportunities to do that, which is which is really problematic for me, honestly. Um, as a pastor, so much of my ministry, my time is equipping sheep for the ministry, equipping Christians for the ministry. And that's really the, the mission of Calvary 316. We're not an outreach ministry. In uh, a day and age that, that heralds church for the unchurched, that whole seeker-friendly nonsense, uh, we're a church for Christians, and, and unapologetically so. Uh, we welcome a non-believer, but we don't gear our service for a non-believer. We gear our service, I know, shocking, uh, for Christians to create an avenue whereby Christians can truly engage God in spirit and meaningful worship, powerful worship, not to wow you or to entertain you, but to facilitate an engagement in, in the spiritual realm with you and your Savior. We, we facilitate worshiping God in spirit and truth, which is why we provide uh, not sermonettes or, or helpful nuggets or antidotes, but we teach the Bible. That's our calling. Our ministry is focused for Christians. And it's amazing to see how that actually does reach non-believers because you're providing something the world isn't. Truth. And the world is hungry for what is true because the world only provides a, a falsehood. It, it gives a lot of promises that never come true. That's my point. But so much of my life is, 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 is geared towards believers, the church. And yet I'm also, as an individual, though I, though I don't believe the Great Commission was given to the church, it was given to Christians. The church wasn't born for another 10 days. Jesus gave that the Great Commission, go into the world, make disciples of the nations, to people, to Christians. The church was designed to facilitate, equip, and encourage Christians to fulfill the Great Commission, not to fulfill the Great Commission for Christians. That's our model. That's my belief. But as a Christian, what avenues am, am I doing that? Like, what is my exposure to non-Christians? In high school, those three years I was in public school, it was, it was great. But even then, I kind of immersed myself in fellowship with Christian athletes. I wanted to surround myself uh, with other believers. I, I, I didn't go to parties. I didn't know a lot of, of non-believers in my context in high school, though I was in a public school. Most of my time was spent with my youth group, with my church group. That was just my my context. Bible college, not a lot of exposure to non-believers. Youth pastor, uh, my job is is ministering to the kids of the church. I now pastor church. It's focused on the church. I've struggled just between you and me recently, just like, how am I fulfilling the Great Commission? I only surround myself with light. Not my fault, but it's just my context. So how am I then being light in the darkness if, if, if my entire context is just light? How many unbelievers am I really rubbing shoulders with in just a normal context? How am I being a witness? Being a witness, not witnessing, but being a witness if I'm not in context or avenues to witness. I think one of the great disappointments of the recent church yeah, yes, as our, as, as our culture has grown more secular, I'm afraid the church has had this counter-reaction of becoming more isolated out of, out of fear of how the secular culture will, will affect our kids. We insulate and isolate our kids from, guess what, the world they move out of our house to live in, which to me, I've never, I've never understood you're protecting your kids from a world they will live in apart from your influence. So we should be, yes, yes, we have to protect. I get that. That's one of the roles as a parent. But the other role as a parent is to prepare our kids for life. Life in a secular world. Christians have grown isolationist to the point that like, we have 
Christian schools. We have now Christian universities. We have Christian dating sites. <laughs> Christian mingle. I've never really understood that one. But beyond that, we have homeschools, Christian co-ops. And I'm not saying any of these things are bad. We have Christian athletics, Christian organizations for for baseball, uh, Christian soccer opportunities, Christian cheerleading. We, We have Christian music and Christian movies and Christian radio. All designed for Christians. For, for me, that's been my world. But over the last couple of years, really becoming the pastor of Calvary 316, one of the things for me has been like, how am I fulfilling the Great Commission when so much of my life is revolved around Christians? When am I entering the darkness to be a light naturally? And I think if we're being honest, we're not. I, I know I wasn't. And so over the last couple of years, I, I've been looking for creative avenues that I can rub shoulders with the world. Uh, one of those was athletics. Uh, my, my son Quincy, he's got abnormal hand-eye coordination, uh, and he's had it since he was like two. Uh, I would go out and hit golf balls, and Quincy's got a beautiful golf swing. He picks up a tennis racket, he hits a tennis ball. Soccer, no problem. Baseball, he's he's got a natural swing. I mean, really. Just ask his grandfather, Sandy Adams. He'll tell you all about his swing. And he loves baseball. So for us, it was like when when, when Quincy's getting to the age of we're going to do sports, so many people were like, well, there's this, there's this Christian organization and you should get him in, in this Christian travel league and, and, and he should be with... And you know, I, I took a step back and I said, you know what? No, that's not what we're going to do. Like so much of our life, all of his friends are Christians, which is a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but we need to rub shoulders with the world. So you know what? We're going to go to the local ballpark and that's where we're going to plug in. And beyond just plugging into the local ballpark, I'm going to coach his team. I'm going to coach his team and we're going to get into the world, into the nitty gritty, and we're going to meet people that don't share our worldview so we can be light and darkness. We'll pick that up when we come back here on the Outlaw Radio Show. I don't know about you, but this is a very challenging edition of the Outlaw Radio Show. I'm asking the question just like you as you're listening, am I engaging with those who are lost all around me? Well, stay tuned for more from Pastor Zach on the Outlaw Radio Show. We're told in the word to be in the world, but not of it. How do we do this? Well, here's Pastor Zach with more on the Outlaw Radio Show. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Uh, I want to let you know a few ways that you can contact us. Uh, We want to hear from you, honestly. Uh, The good, the bad, the ugly, it doesn't matter. We just want to hear from you. We want to know you're listening. We want to know how you're processing things, what you're thinking of things. If you have questions, ask questions. If you want to challenge something, go for it. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. If you have a topic that you would love for us to discuss, you'd love to hear my thoughts on, man, I don't know why you'd want to hear my thoughts, but you are listening to the show. So knock yourself out. Here are the ways you can, you can, you can hit us up. Uh, if your old school emails, the easiest info at outlawradio.org, info at outlawradio.org. Uh, those emails come directly to me. I'm the one that processes them. Uh, if you're if you're on Facebook, if you're one of the several billion people um, and you're not a Russian bot, uh, please find us on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Radio Outlaw is the easiest way to get to us. Um, follow us. Lots of good stuff there. And then also, if you're into Twitter, our Twitter handle is Radio underscore Outlaw. Radio underscore Outlaw. My Twitter handle is, is Zach underscore Adams. Uh, Z-A-C-H. My name is Zachary. Um, so it's Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y, which if you shorten it, you got to keep the H. It drives me nuts when Zachs have a K. Yes, I know phonetically my name is Zach, but it's Zach. Z-A-C-H underscore Adams. If you want to have your question, comment, whatever. Thought. Uh, played live on the air, 678-883-3316. Once again, I said that fast. I'll slow it down. 
678-883-3316 is the phone number. I keep your voice message pithy, and if you do so, we might just play it live on the air. Um, I'm talking about being as a Christian in the world, but not of the world, and how we balance that. Uh, so much of our Christian community um, is is isolational. Um, and I just, I ask you point blank, how often do you rub shoulders with non-believers? Um, I might be unique in that because my vocation, whereas most of your opportunities are probably your jobs, your secular job gives you the opportunity to rub shoulders with people that don't share necessarily your worldview. But for me, it, it, I pastor a church. <laughs> so I've had to, to really try to look beyond. And so one of the ways that we have as a family uh, attempted to just get into the world to be light. Like, how can you be a witness if you're not around people that need your testimony? How can you be light? How can you be light if you don't go into the darkness? Like, as Christians, I just encourage you, look for these opportunities, and I'm sharing some of my experiences. Uh, athletics is a great way to do it. Uh, growing up, I mentioned that we were in private Christian school, private, uh, we were a Christian family, my dad was a pastor, all that, but we always did athletics at the local park, and it was my dad's way of rubbing shoulders with the world, um, and it would give me exposure to, to different things and different people. Um, it gave us opportunity, gave me as a kid an opportunity to invite people to my church. Hard to invite people to the church when your friends are the people in the church. Um, and so it's, it's a great it's a great aspect. So our, our first experience, uh, we played soccer at the Y. We've done that the last few few years. And in every soccer season, we now have couples coming to the church, people who've gotten saved. Um, from those interactions, I'll just share very quickly, a, a friend of mine, his name's Chaz. I'll leave his, his last name out. I'm coaching Quincy soccer team. It's first day, first practice. And, um, and I'm standing there meeting and greeting, greeting the parents. And I see up, up ahead, probably about a hundred yards away, this guy walking with his son, big old gnarly beard, sketchy looking guy, not a guy you'd want to meet in the dark alley. He's walking up. So I, I go right up. I, I shake, shake his hand. And as he's walking up though, I, I, I'm thinking to myself, this guy is a Calvary 360. Jesus is going to do something in this guy's life. He just doesn't even know it. And so I shook his hand, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm Chaz. said, I'm Zach. Nice to meet you. Hey, this is your son. So excited you guys are on our team. Uh, would you mind helping me with practice today? Um, and, and the response was a bit of hesitation, but it was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. But, you know, I don't know if I can be here on Monday nights, every Monday night. So I don't know if this is something I can commit to, but I'll help you tonight. No problem. He didn't know me from the man in the moon. And I didn't know him at all other than the fact that I felt the moving of the spirit. This is somebody I needed to reach out to. And uh, after the first practice, Chaz was like, you know what, bro? Uh, I'll be here every Monday night. That was fun. I I'll help you. I'll be your assistant coach. I'm like, sweet, let's do it. So we did that whole soccer season together. And after, you know, a couple of the practices, a couple of the games, uh, one afternoon, we, we asked him and his wife, said, hey, you guys want to, after the game, go and grab dinner with us? Yeah, man, that'd be great. Let's do it. So we went to the local bar, local wing, wing joint, you know, watering hole. We had chicken wings. And we did that several times throughout the soccer season. Obviously, in the course of conversation, it came up that I pastored a church. It was local. I didn't push that. I didn't force that. I just wanted to be a witness, wanted to be, wanted to be a light. Soccer season wraps up. Chaz goes out of town. His wife and his son come to church. Shocked me. Blew my mind. A couple weeks later, Chaz walks in. Starts coming. Totally not sure about it. We have conversations. He's coming to church. He's helping out. Struggling with it. Doesn't know. Make a long story short, Chaz gives his life to Jesus at the same wing place after church one Sunday. Totally changes his heart. Changes his life. Just changes his marriage. His son is plugged in. Never would have happened if I didn't go into the world to, to rub shoulders with someone. It was my honor a few weeks ago to baptize Chaz. Consider him one of, one of a, not just a dear friend, but a brother that I'll spend eternity with. Several families have come. A few, a few weeks ago, uh, I had a friend on named Nate. Talked, we talked about giving. How did I meet Nate? Through soccer. Coaching soccer. An opportunity just to rub shoulders with people I'd never meet in a different context. First season, we did T-ball. My worst fears were imagined. A kid on the team 
had two moms. Now, once again, I say fear. It's not a fear. People are free to, in, in our country to make their own decisions, their own, their own choices. But, but in our context, that was a new thing for us. Um, I knew Quincy was going to end up asking questions. But it, it enabled us to minister to them, to be a light, to be a witness. We weren't afraid of that. We were kind, like Jesus would be. Yeah, I, I had to explain to my son the, the dynamic and, and, and explain that, that not everybody shares our beliefs about marriage and that, and that they're free to do so and that we still want to love them and, 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 and appreciate them, though we disagree with them, that, that we can be a light and a witness, but that Jesus has a, a, a greater plan and purpose. So for me, as athletics have become an opportunity to minister, to be a light, to be a witness, to meet people. One thing, and I kind of opened this by saying this has been an interesting year for me. So we started the church in 2013, but we still lived about 40 minutes away because I had spent 10 years working at Calvary Chapel Stone Mountain. So we're in a different community. The church is, uh, I live quite a ways away. Uh, We had bought in our house um, (laughs) in 2007, the market crashed. We were underwater for years. Didn't think I could sell it. On a whim, though, in 2015, we put the house on the market. It took several months, but the Lord, the Lord moved. The Lord blessed us. We were able to sell our house. We we kept our shirt on. We didn't take a take it on the chin. It was the Lord. And and then on the flip side, we were able to buy into a community, one of the largest communities uh, in our county, eight minutes away from the church, a, a neighborhood of about 311 homes there's a golf course here i mean we just we just never would have thought we would we would ever have been able to move uh, into this area but this is our community that, that the church is in and and thus we wanted to try and, and the lord blessed us with a great home a lot of work <laughs> we had to put a lot of money into it uh but but we but we moved into the community and then the lord starts impressing on my heart zach you need to look for ways to get involved in the community well, Lord, how, I mean, how do I do that? Obviously, I got my neighbors, and so you know, I, I start watching the ball games with my my neighbor across the street, and uh, the new the new guy that moved in next door start having conversations with him. Him, by, he, by the way, ends up giving his life to Jesus in my driveway, which was cool. Um, he ends up renting his house. We start ministering to the next guy that moves in. That's a whole nother story. The the, the widow that's next to us, uh, her husband passed away. She's an older lady. Uh, her son is a pastor of, of a church kind of far away, but but she's become our project, our responsibility. Jesus didn't give too many commands, but he said, take care of widows and orphans. So we take that seriously. So I'm like, Jesus, I'm 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 involved, I'm I'm ministering, I'm meeting people, we go down to the pool, we rub shoulders, etc. But the Lord was like, No, you need to do something else. You need to serve. And that ended up landing me on the HOA. And I'll pick up that thought when we come back here on the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the missions of Outlaw Radio is to bring your attention to ministry resources that will benefit your personal study of the Bible and spiritual growth. With this in mind, we want you to check out Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Not only is their vision to help the thinker believe, but they exist to help the believer think. To accomplish both of these aims, their website, rzim.org, is filled with tons of free resources aimed at not only answering your own difficult questions, but with the intention of providing the necessary tools to defend your faith in an ever-growing hostile world. Once again, you can learn more about Ravi Zacharias International Ministries by visiting rzim.org. That's rzim.org. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show, our fourth and final block. I'm talking about, just from a personal standpoint, just this figuring it out, how to be in the world but not be of the world, how to, how to be a witness. Um, yes, you want to protect your family from, from, from influences, uh, but if you're, not, if you're not in the world, how can you influence the world? Um, Jesus was a partier. I know that's controversial, but go back and look at it. But here's the key. Every party Jesus went to, the party radically changed. You can't change the party if you don't go. If you go to a party and the party changes you, you shouldn't go to the party. It's a good rule of thumb. For us, we want to get involved in the community. I want to look for opportunities to be a witness. How can you be light if you're not in the darkness? How can you be a witness if you're not around people to testify? 
And the Lord told me, we moved into a community, we were getting involved in the community, but the Lord told me I needed to serve my community. I've mentioned this. I pastor a small church. I'm the only employee. I do this radio show. I run a nonprofit. I've got a lot of skewers and many fires. Um, Coach T-Ball, that's like a full-time, I say full, it's it's a part-time job. It's a full-time commitment. Um, and so like my bandwidth is, is not very large and the Lord told me I needed to volunteer for the homeowners association of our neighborhood. And, and right from the bat, it's like, no, Jesus, that's not, uh, that's not something I'm going to do because I don't know any single human being that's ever had a good experience serving in such a capacity. And yet the Lord was like, no, I'm telling you, this is what you need to do. Um, Jesus, seriously, we had an argument, an ongoing argument. I asked Jessica, Jessica, what do you think? And she's like, well, if the Lord's telling you to do it, I think you need to do it. I, I consult with a few friends, check with the elders, and and, and the, if the Lord's telling you you need to do it, you need to do it. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like, can you do this in a way that's Christ-like? Can you be Jesus in the dynamic? Okay, Jesus, all right, Lord, let's do this. So, you know, thinking, uh, I'm sure I won't get elected. A lot of people don't know me. I threw my hat into the ring. And lo and behold, I got elected. I'm going to be on the HOA. We have our first meeting in December to set up roles and responsibilities for January. And then I find myself as the president of the HOA. Just a title, really. All five members have equal voting power and weight. But now I'm given this responsibility. Okay, Jesus, we have our first meeting. I look around. I said, I, you know, I have to gavel. That's part of my job. You know, would you guys mind if I opened with a word of prayer? Three of the other members were immediately like, yeah, that's great. That sounds, sounds wonderful. Another gentleman was totally offended and I was totally taken back. He said that is that this is a business meeting and that is totally unprofessional and um, and 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 it's just uncalled for. However, as as you know, one of the other ladies chimed in. Well, we open our county board meetings that, you know, with a word of prayer. Uh, you know, word of prayer. You know, it's kind of a custom. Even in Congress, there's words of prayer. Um, what's wrong with opening with a word of prayer? And another lady chimed in. I think it's fine. And as, as soon as this gentleman found out he was the, the only uh, dissenting voice, he relented. He never liked me from that point forward. <laughs> I didn't pray, uh, you know, a, a fire and brimstone, get right or get left, you need Jesus type of prayer. It was the Lord just give us wisdom as we seek to serve our community. It was a generic, simple prayer, an appropriate prayer for the moment. That gentleman ends up resigning from the board. This has all been in the last five months. And then he goes on to Facebook, you know, and, and, and he says a bunch of falsehoods, slanders my name, makes fun of me for being a pastor. I didn't sign up for that. Criticism. Like, I, I've been serving on this HOA for the last five, six months. For one reason, because I've been asked, why in the world are you doing this? And my answer, Jesus told me to. I don't care, I don't care what your religious, like it's literally that. There's no way in the world I would have volunteered for this role to, to, to put in the work, the time, the energy, the effort, the heart for free if Jesus hadn't told me I needed to do it. And that's my answer, unapologetically. I wouldn't be doing it if Jesus hadn't told me to. But it's been neat. It's been neat for the opportunity to be able to try to handle conflicts Christ-like in a public way, to try to be gracious to people that are vindictive. Like being a part of this, not only has it afforded me a chance to be a witness, and, and, and I can't say that I'm a great witness all the time, but I'm trying to be. But what it's done for me, it's given me a lot of insight into the world around me into people that are hurting and broken. Yeah, you see that in the church, but you see that in the context that someone has come to church. To see it in the context of people that, that are um, irreligious, non-religious, that don't want anything to do with Jesus, and see where their lives are and how miserable they are and, and, and the frustrations that they experience and, and the way that they handle things, it's, it's, it's enlightening. I, I taught a couple weeks ago 
John 3.16, we're going through the gospel of John. For God so loved the world. And in this context of being in the HOA, uh, rubbing shoulders with, with the world, it struck me, for God so loves the world. He loves the world. He loves sinners. He loves these people. Jesus loves people that hate his guts. And aren't we called to the same type of love? I just encourage you, uh, the audience, if you're, if you're a believer, look for ways to get involved in your community. Not your Christian community, your secular community. Whether it's coaching t-ball or volunteering to be a helper on the t-ball team. Whether it's putting your kids in, 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 in public school. Or, or, or volunteering for the, the neighborhood HOA. Look for ways to get involved. Look for ways to be a witness around people that need your testimony, that need, that need your example, uh, th- that light of the resurrected Jesus, that you can be an example of, of different things, of heavenly things, of a different way, a different way of living, a different way of thinking, a different way of believing. In your context, you know, we talk about from a, a Christian church perspective, right? The importance of plugging into church, volunteering for church, getting involved in the church community, church life. And you should absolutely do that. Don't mistake what I'm saying. You should 100% get you and your family involved in the church. You can't go wrong and commit, be involved, be immersive. But at the same time, look for ways to be involved in the world, even with your children. And it might be as simple as just going to the public park or going to a a ball game. Look for teaching opportunities for your children, ways to prepare them for the world that they're going to live in when when they leave your house. To me, it's been in the world, but not of the world. And I think within the the church, within Christian circles, uh, we're not in the world enough. We isolate ourselves from the world. We run from the world. We skirt opportunities. Something that the Lord's been convicting me of. Something I just wanted to share in regards to my own context, my own life. Being in this HOA board has been, been, don't get me wrong, it's been a delight It's been a heavenly calling, but it has been one of the most frustrating and challenging things I have ever done in my life because I'm dealing with people that I've never had to deal with before. But man, has the Lord taught me so much, and I hope that I've been a witness. I know regardless, I'm being obedient. Look for ways. Well, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. As as I've mentioned over and over again, my name is Zach Adams. I pastor Calvary 316. You can learn more about the church at calvary316.tv or you can access our teaching catalog, all of our sermon material at c316.tv. If you like what you heard today, um, if you found today's episode to be engaging, I really do encourage you to do two things, two important things. First, uh, please contact the local station that you happen to be listening on right now. Uh, Yes, it will require work. You will have to uh, maybe write down uh, the FM station. You'll have to probably do a Google search. You'll have to find a website and then find an email or contact information. But the reason I want to encourage you to to, to reach out, to let them know you're thankful that they're in your community, that they're they're doing what they're doing, that the Outlaw Radio Show is, is on there, is a lot of these guys, it's a thankless job. They don't hear from the audience. It is a seed-sowing ministry. It's like filling up a bunch of balloons and letting them go, and you have no idea where they end up. So hearing from the audience, it's a blessing to the radio station, the managers, so I encourage you to do that. Second thing is please go visit our website, which is outlawradio.org. From the site, you can easily access our podcast, which is available on both iTunes and Google Play, where you can listen again to this episode or all previous episodes. Once again, I'm Zach Adams, and I hope you join me again this time next week for the Outlaw Radio Show. You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. 
As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.